Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of 442. Once again, this is your boy Christian, and like always, we're going to talk shit, we're going to talk soccer, and we're going to talk shit about soccer, or shit in soccer, maybe? I don't know, something like that. But before we get to it, before we get about to different things that we're going to talk about, uh, such as Arsenal, basically just kind of giving away the Premier League, uh, you know, the only title they had for the year, they just kind of said, here you go, Manchester City, you can have it. But before, like I said, before we get to that, uh, you can always find us on YouTube, uh, go to Cuatro Cuatro Dos, we do uh, some watch-alongs, we do some videos and stuff like that on there, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter, Cuatro Cuatro Dos there as well, or Cuatro Dos actually on Twitter, um, other than that, don't forget to go and subscribe to the, well, if you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to it. But if not, also, if you like just more dynamo talk, more dash talk and stuff like that, don't forget to subscribe to Bayou City Soccer and you can get information there. And then also you can find me, Rudy and Rodrigo most of the times on Encanchados 93.3 on Saturdays at uh, from 10 to 12. So go ahead and give us a uh, listen to that as well. Uh, we talk about the MLS, the weekly, basically weekly rundown of the MLS on Encanchados in Spanish. So if you're a Spanish speaker, Spanish listener, I guess in this case, don't forget to check us out over there. So we're all over the radio, all over the airwaves. Uh, we talk Dynamo, we do uh, MLS and a whole bunch of other stuff. So don't forget BayouCitySoccer.net. You can find all the articles and everything that comes in between everything that i just mentioned but be with that being said let's get to it there's a bunch to stuff to talk about i wanted to talk about uh conca champions uh europa league champions league premier league uh some stuff about argentina uh, that they're building let's get to that one first so it came out on the new well i don't know if on the news or is rumored but it seems like argentina will be building a facility a training facility in miami or somewhere in south florida and i think a bunch of argentinas are going to end up moving over there i mean get a glimpse of of the boys you know the world champions of the world uh training and kind of getting ready for whatever you know i think Honestly, a lot of soccer will be coming into the U.S. Uh, you know, international soccer-wise, the market here for for soccer is growing like crazy, and the sport is growing like crazy too. I don't. I'm pretty sure in the in like ten years from now, we're going to be competing with the other sports. I know that you know, football is very deep rooted. You know, baseball is very deep rooted. Basketball and all the other sports. Maybe because I don't watch them as much, I don't see them as popular, but I know they're popular still. And I know main, uh, what do we call it, main media or mainstream media haven't, you know, picked up soccer yet. But I think once the World Cup comes around and then everything after that, the aftermath of the World Cup, I think we'll see uh, soccer kind of blow up exponentially. And, you know, with the U.S. kind of, you know, having a lot of stuff with Mexico and, you know, different tournaments and Copa America, Copa Oro and like these different international tournaments, I think it's going to blow up the sport. I mean, there's a lot of creator content, uh, content creators that are just kind of blowing up here in the United States, too. So it's kind of cool to see as a soccer person, as a soccer guy. 
And it's just cool, man. I mean, the fact that, you know, soccer can become something huge in the United States, it really, like, hypes me up to, to kind of keep doing what I'm doing. So we'll see what we can uh, accomplish here with Cuatro Cuatro Dos and, you know, everything in between. Um, like I said, four years from now, we have a World Cup. So that means that we, me personally, I have four years to kind of get my shit together and start, like, planning out different things that I'm going to be doing with my life and hopefully, you know, find a job here with soccer. But as of now, we'll keep this and we'll keep doing whatever we're doing with Bayou City, with Encanchados, with, you know, with the friends that we make along the way. Uh, so Argentina making the facility. What do you guys think about that? What do you guys think about, you know, other international teams kind of making their home here in the United States? Which is funny because the United States doesn't even have their own facility in the United States. Uh, they don't have a place where, you know, the U.S. men's national team or the women's national team can actually go and gather. Obviously, the country is huge and, you know, it can kind of like, you know, vary where where everybody kind of meets up. But for what I've heard and what I've read, usually Kansas City, it's kind of like the spot where everybody kind of goes to not hang out but you know obviously do the training and Peter Vermees over there and and this whole regime over there in Kansas City obviously he's not doing so great right now in Kansas City but he has done so much stuff for soccer in general that's why the you know they call themselves like a giant soccer city even though they're you know Kansas City is kind of in the middle of nowhere in a way uh you know what people consider like flyover states um you know usually you would think about a big city being on the coast or being, you know, down south or something like that, or even up north, honestly. But, you know, when you think of Kansas City kind of literally almost in the middle of the country, it's kind of like a, an afterthought in a way. So seeing what Kansas City has been doing, it's kind of inspiring. It's kind of, I keep saying that, but it is inspiring by, you know, what Kansas City is doing over there. So hopefully the United States can come up with something you know, concrete in a way to put together and have the U.S. men's national team practice, gather, build, you know, the youth national teams and build their teams correctly and get them prepared for, you know, national cups for, well, not national cups for, but for international cups, for international tournaments, um, stuff like Copa Oro, Gold Cup, and, you know, these things that, they compete in so but i think it would be cool to have argentina have you know for argentina to have a facility in miami or around miami whatever i mean there's a lot of argentinians to begin with i mean obviously the rumors of messi going to miami are kind of getting bigger and bigger as time goes by but then again messi's being rumored with you know going back to barcelona or maybe stopping by argentina but god knows what's gonna happen there so Shout out to Argentinians, and let's see what happens. I think it would be an interesting trip to go take to Miami to go visit, you know, La Selección. Um, another thing that happened this week was Lamine uh, La Jamal, who is of Moroccan descent, if I'm not mistaken. 15-year-old kid debuted for the Barcelona uh, side that just competed last this past weekend i am not 100 sure who they played but obviously barcelona are you know they're fighting for in la liga to um let me see here because 
they just beat somebody. That was the win that they had. Um, they beat Real Betis 4-0. So this kid played in that game. So it's kind of cool to see. Damn, Barcelona dominated that game. Didn't, didn't just beat them. They dominated them. But this kid came in and he played um, about 7 minutes, 7 about 10 minutes, the last 10 minutes of the game, came in for Gabi, Lamine, Yamal. So 15 years old, Spanish. Uh, he represents Spain of Moroccan descent. He had one shot on goal, but minutes played seven. So obviously he's he's just starting out. It's a kid, you know, that obviously has a bright future. We know of Mas- La Masia, what they have done for basically soccer worldwide when you think of Messi, Xavi, Iniesta and you know all the others that came out of that you know amazing academy it's kind of it's it's kind of refreshing in a way but then it also is kind of weird you know seeing 15 years old competing with the best of the best in one of the I don't know if one of the best leagues to be honest I don't consider La Liga one of the best leagues it's one of the most known leagues, but I don't know if I would consider it one of the best leagues. And I apologize if you like La Liga or if you follow Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, or whoever you follow there. But me personally, I don't see it as a very, very competitive league just because it's usually the same three to four teams that you know usually compete. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, and then you, know, you can throw in a... Real or Sevilla or you know one of those like a Valencia or you know something random like that that tries to compete for for the fourth fifth sixth spot or whatever it may be so you know that's why I don't really follow La Liga as much as I want to to be honest um so shout out to Lamine Jamal I think that's his full last name or if it's his full name, but shout out to 15-year-olds, maybe man competing and, you know, being playing for the Barcelona first team, that's a huge, 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 um, like, accomplishment. At 15, dude, like, that's huge. When I was 15, bro, I wasn't doing shit. Um, let's jump into Champions League. Champions League, we are down to our four final teams for this great competition May 9, May 10th, uh, Real Madrid, Man City are going to be taking on each other on May 9th. And then May 10th, Milan, Inter Milan, the Milan Clasico will be uh, will be playing, taking, you know, place in Milan, obviously, because it's going to be played in one city. So that's going to be the first leg. Then the second leg is going to be May 16, May 17. May 16 will be Inter taking on Milan. Uh, and then Man City closing in at home against Real Madrid. So Real Madrid, you know, we know they're freaking beasts when they come to Champions League. They're the current Champions League winners. And, you know, they have been beating and whooping anybody's ass that gets in front of them, basically. And then Man City you know, it's another team that not only is competing in the Champions League, but they're complete, competing in the Premier League. They're in first place as we, you know, as we speak. And if I'm not mistaken, they're also in the FA Cup. They are in the final or semifinal, if I'm not mistaken as well. So like Man City, obviously, they are a team kind of like built for that in a way. You know, they're a team that, I mean... Can we call it a team? Can we call it just a project of a guy that has a lot of money? Uh, as much as, you know, I 
not that I'd like Man City, but I like, you know, Guardiola. I like what he kind of, you know, represents for the football world in a way. Um, you know, the, his ideas, his thoughts, the, the way of playing, obviously. when It's easier when you have, you know, when you're the best kind of coach in the world, to be honest. When you're one of the biggest and greatest minds in soccer that you as a coach have revolutionized the sport in a way. You know, like jo like Johan Cruyff, or you know, if you're Guardiola, or you know, in in my mind, you know, like that I know of, you know, like when you think of dudes like La Volpe, I know like a lot of people don't care about him, especially if you're Mexican, you could care less about La Volpe. But when you th you know when you listen to dudes like La Volpe, uh, funny enough, Guardiola actually came to Mexico to kind of learn from La Volpe. So you know, just in case you didn't know. And funny enough, La Volpe was one of the few, one of the first guys to actually start playing from the bottom, or you know that sounded weird, but playing from the goalkeeper through the defenders and making their way up. You know everybody else would just boot it. You know how how we were accustomed in the old days. You know just boot the ball from a goal kick into the halfway, and you know just kind of try to win the rebound type thing. But La Volpe was one of the first minds to be like, what if we play from, you know, from the back? What if we just come out playing? And that's one of the things that now it's a common thing. Like now they even changed the rule that you can play inside the box. So it's it's one of those things that literally have changed soccer and the way that we play it. And it has changed rules and stuff like that. So it's it's cool to see, you know, how Guardiola has been changing the game how Guardiola has been shifting, shifting and created Manchester City to be a super team. But like I said, it's it's easier when you have kind of like all the money in the world backing you and you have the money to, you know, buy Erling Haaland, to get, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, to get, you know, players, the best players in the world at this point in time. Like if you think of Manchester City, you like just go to the best players in the world so it's it's not it shouldn't be we shouldn't be surprised that man city is fighting all these titles but it's also pretty amazing that they are fighting all these titles so it is what it is so shout out man city shout out real madrid shout out to the two inter teams and may the best team win this champions league europa league europa league is another thing going on obviously um at the same time, and not only that, but some teams got kicked off. So if I'm not mistaken now, we're also in the semifinals. We have Juventus playing Sevilla and then Roma playing Bayer Leverkusen. Roma being commanded by another great mind, another great mastermind, um, who is Jose Mourinho, Joseph Mourinho. Uh, some would call him, and another guy that has revolutionized basically the sport by playing defensive soccer, by playing soccer where you just counter, by playing soccer where you just kind of sit back and take all the heat from from the opposing team, and then just counter and kill him. You know, kill kill him with with a revenge in a way, right? So Roma now will be playing, like I said, via Leverkusen for the semifinal, and then Juventus, another Italian team, playing Sevilla, Sevilla who is another team who 
they're not doing great in their own league, but it's one of those teams that when it comes to international stuff like this, they tend to, you know, get themselves in a good position to to fight it till the end. So the first leg will be Thursday, May May eleventh. Uh, both teams actually will be or both semifinals will be played at the same time, two p.m. So if you can watch double screens, watch that. And then the return leg will be Thursday, May 18, which is the day after um, the Premier League, if I'm not, not the Premier League, sorry, Champions League. So Bayer Leverkusen will host Roma and then Sevilla will close at home with Juventus. Same thing, 2 p.m. So if you're into the Europa League, go check that out. And let's talk about the Premier League for a second before we get into the CONCACAF Champions Well, actually, let's talk CONCACAF Champions League because I think we could expand um into what this freaking to what the Premier League has been doing. So first leg uh, has already been played of the semifinal. So we have Tigres against Leon. The two Mexican teams are going head to head. Tigres came out victorious April 25th, 2-1 against Leon. And Philadelphia uh, hosted LAFC. So it's a rematch from the MLS Cup from last year. That was a 1-1 draw in Philly. So now the away, the not the away game, but the second leg will be played May the 2nd. So here coming up in a couple of days, uh, LAFC will be taking on Philadelphia at 9 p.m. And then, what the fuck? Oh, and then May the 3rd, Leon will be hosting Tigres at 9 p.m. as well. So late games uh, for us here in Houston, but I think both games should be really, really good, especially the LAFC Philadelphia game. I mean, LAFC is still undefeated in the league as we speak in the MLS. So that's another. It's like the it's like the Manchester City of the of the M, of the West, I guess we can say. That's a little bit too far, but I mean, LAFC does have all the money and all the backing. You know, they they are the flashy new kid on the block, and then Philadelphia is basically just your your blue collar team that you know hustles. Goes from the from the reserve teams, you know, they look down into their what they have hanging around, you know, in the club, and they built the that way. So it's gonna be cool to see if Philadelphia can kind of redeem themselves from last year. Uh, but then again, it's gonna be hard to go into the LAFC stadium and kind of beat them there, since LAFC tends to be, you know, very difficult at home. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good one, and if I was you guys, I would definitely watch it for sure. Uh, so that's the international uh, cups right there. We touched on all three of them. Let's get to the Premier League. I think a lot of people have been talking about this. Um, I mean, it's getting it's getting lit, as the kids would say, because we had a really really important game, probably the game that decided the league, in my opinion, which was Manchester City Arsenal. Manchester City, who still has a game on hand, in hand, on hand, or less, I guess we can say, than Arsenal, and they are sitting in first place with one point more. Um, Arsenal has some difficult games. I think we we talked about this um, a little while back, but they have Chelsea, Newcastle, Brighton, and Nottingham Forest, and then Wolves. So two the the two last games are two teams. Well, maybe not so much Wolf, Nottingham Forest. You know they're they're fighting for the life, and then Brighton, Newcastle are fighting for a European spot. You know potentially, and Chelsea is just fighting for pride. Honestly, at this point, Chelsea 
kind of sucks in a way. So I'm sorry if you're a Chelsea fan, but you know, your team sucks by the way. But I think you are just happy at the fact that you can spoil, you know, Arsenal's party. So Arsenal, you know, it's it, they're having a rough time. They looked very well, but honestly, super sloppy. They tied three games in a row against Liverpool, West Ham, and Southampton, where they shouldn't gotten some points, uh, especially against West Ham, maybe, and Southampton. They shouldn't have gotten some points there, and they dropped some, so obviously, and then they got killed by Man City 4-1. Uh, let's look at Man City. Let's see what they have. They have West Ham, Leeds. They have Champions League, Everton, Champions League, Chelsea, Brighton, and Brentford. So they don't have many difficult games. Oh, and then they have an FA Cup final against Manchester United on June the 3rd. So not only could they potentially, you know, go, because in June 10th, if I'm not mistaken, is the Champions League final. But, and let me see here when they could... So in May 28, at the end of this month coming up in May, I think we're already in May, right? No? How many days does this month have? Yeah, 30. So when you're listening to this, it's already May. So they have such a busy schedule. This month alone, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They have eight games in four weeks, and they could potentially be. Premier League champions, FA Cup champions, and Champions League champions. If you are a City fan, which a lot of people are now, just because of the flashy lights, shout out to all new uh, boat or bandwagon people, you know, with all due respect. But a lot of City people are bandwagon people, unless you're like British, you know, and you kind of followed Man City for a while, for more than 10 years. If you're a, a City fan, like 10 years and, and under, you know, with all due respect, you might you might be a bandwagon fan. You, you just might be. But, you know, with all due respect, no disrespect to you. I don't even know if I have any Man City listeners, to be honest. But, yeah, but, I mean, at the end of the month, this is such an important month for Man City because they could win everything in their path. They could be triple crowns in one month. And that would be insane. And not only that, but you will be beating, you know, you would leave, you know, Real Madrid potentially on the way. And, you know, Inter Milan or AC Milan in the way to win Champions League. You would, you know, beat, beat against, you know, beat in the Premier League. Sorry, you would beat Arsenal, who's fighting for that championship as well. So that's another tough opponent. And then... To kind of cherry on top in a way, you could beat you know Man United in the FA Cup final to you know to kind of consolidate yourself as one of the group. I mean, you could probably say you will be one of the greatest teams to have ever played the sport. It could it could go down in history. I mean, this is this could define history for Guardiola, especially Man City never winning a Champions League. This could be the year that. They do everything. Me, personally, I would rather not. <laughs> uh, just as a new Aston Villa fan and seeing all my fellow Villa Villa people, my villains, uh, hate Man City, I kind of started to, to grow in that hate as well. So it, it kinda, it's kind of cool then that I'm bonding with, with my fellow Aston Villa fans. But then again, you know, some people will call us haters, but it's all right. 
But let me just tell you how the table looks like after this week, uh, week 33. Some some teams have 34 games like Aston Villa or Brighton. If you're Brighton right now, you are on the moon because you have 31 points and you're in eighth place. Only four points away from a potential European spot. And you have three games on in hand, on hand or whatever. That's amazing right there. But Man City, 76 points. Arsenal, 75. Newcastle then drops on third place with 65. Manchester United, 63. Those two teams most likely will have Champion League spots. Also, Newcastle, man. That's to show you right there that money doesn't, you know, doesn't buy you happiness maybe. But it buys you a Champions League spot for sure. So, Newcastle right there, you know, coming into the scene, bursting from a bottom dweller into a top team nowadays you know just because the influx of cash literally changes your life of a club i mean if if you don't believe me look at wrexham right um but newcastle united with 65 manchester united who has who had a weird weird spot i mean they you know they they lost europa league but you know they they kind of fighting for the title early on and then they lost their way now obviously they're they're fighting for a way to stay in uh, a Champions League spot as well. So 63 points for them in fourth place. Liverpool coming in in fifth place, who has been kind of dormant here and there with 56. Then Tottenham, who, bro, why are people Tottenham fans? With all due respect to Chris listening this episode, most likely. But why would you be a fan of such a terrible club? Like, you are so bad. You lost to Liverpool for three. You tied with Southampton. Like, you lost to Newcastle 6-1. You lost to Bournemouth 3-2. Like, who are you <laughs> as the club? You tied to Everton, Southampton. Like, I don't know. You guys, I mean, with all, like I said, with all due respect, you guys are pretty bad. Hey, but, you know. I'm a Villa fan. Obviously, I can't talk much. But Jesus Christ, man. That's so rough. But let me continue uh, on this table real quick before I lose you, uh, before I lose my three listeners that I have. So Tottenham, 6th place, 54 points. Aston Villa, also 54 points. Uh, Bright, like I said, Brighton has 52 points, but they have a bunch of games on hand. Brentford, look at Brentford coming in with 50 points. And then you got your mid-table teams. Fulham, Crystal Palace, Chelsea. Chelsea, terrible, bro. This year in 12th, 39 points. Same, as many points as Bournemouth. Uh, Wolverhampton, 37. And then we have the relegation race, which is the last five spots, in my opinion, or six spots. Uh, West Ham United with 34. Leeds with 30. Nottingham with 30. Leicester, Leicester, Leicester. Leicester, Leicester City, there you go, I remember, Leicester City, 29, Everton with 28, and then Southampton, who seems to be going down, down, down the drain with 24 points, Uh, next week, bro, this week coming up is going to be super entertaining, because Nottingham Forest is playing uh, Southampton, and Everton is playing uh, Leicester City, the four bottom dwellers are playing each other, so, bro, it's, it's, a, it's like they say, it's finna go down. It's finna go down. 
So those are really going to be uh, really good games coming up uh, for this week up, upcoming. So if you're into the Premier League, check it out. If you're not, then you should probably get to it. Uh, actually, tomorrow, or not tomorrow, but today, Monday, uh, Leicester City will be playing Everton at 2. So that's going to be a good game. Relegation playoff, if you're listening to this before then. And then on Tuesday, important matchup for Arsenal as they're playing Chelsea. Then Wednesday, you have Liverpool, Fulham, Man City, West United. And then on Thursday, a really good game also, Brighton against Man United uh, on Thursday at 2 p.m. So a bunch of 2, 2 p.m. games this week. So hopefully you guys can catch them. Uh, and then, you know, you have your weekend games as as usual. Uh, and then what else? Oh, the last one, the last thing I wanted to talk about, because it, I, to me it was very, very interesting just because of, you know, obviously it's an, it's an Argentinian story. So there's this club in Argentina called Independiente. Um, Independiente de Avellaneda, who, you know, it's in Argentina you have like, you know, you know how you in the Premier League you have your top six teams, which you, I think is Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, Man City, Liverpool, and then I don't know who else. I think Tottenham fits into that category. I think I'm not sure, but whatever. And then in Argentina you have your you know Los Cinco Grandes, what you call them, you know Boca, River, San Lorenzo, Independiente, y Racing. Right? Those are like the biggest clubs in Argentina. You know. I guess I can throw in the comment that Boca is the biggest one out of all of them. But, you know, I think that would be too much to say. But Independiente being one of the biggest ones in that, you know, in those top five. They owe, I think, at this moment, they owe about $21 million to different players, uh, uh, representative, uh, soccer agents. Uh, other clubs for for sales like for you know for transfer fees and stuff like that so they owe a lot of people like at least like 20 different like names or entities they owe a combined sum of 21 million dollars right and there's this influencer guy whatever the fuck he is content creator i don't i don't know who he is but i get in argentina he's he's popular he's a popular kid his name is maritea I think it is. And this kid Maritea, I guess, happens to be a soccer fan or an independent fan. And he has started collecting money for the club. And I think he has started a couple of weeks ago. And he has already raised about $20 million. Um, and and it's, it's, you know, the dynamic of that is interesting, you know, and I kind of wanted to talk into it because... It kind of talks about the passion. It talks about, you know, how crazy Argentinians are in a way to like raise $20 million to save your club, which it's kind of ridiculous when you think about other things in life. I mean, when you think about, you know, natural disasters and stuff like that, and obviously people raise money and people do things, you know, colectas and all that, all those things that, you know, we do in the Spanish households. And, you know, when you do rifas and, you know, like, you know, just different, different stuff that we do to help people out. And and it's just kind of, it's kind of crazy to think about that in a span of like a week and a half to two weeks, a guy has called out to the public basically in the public. And I don't even know if, because when you think about like the, the, so in Argentina, clubs are not 
like here in the United States, right? Or maybe, or, or even the Premier League, like that they have owners and stuff like that. They are owned by the people. So like they are owned by the socios, by the, like a comparison would be season ticket holders. So like let's just imagine that your season ticket holders are the owners of the club. And every, I think one or two, every two years, if I'm not mistaken, they vote who they want to be their president of their club. So obviously that president, basically like a presidential candidate would for a country, they they run, you know, they, they kind of market themselves uh, to what they're going to do, you know, for the club, you know, and, you know, we're going to implement this, we're going to, you know, build new fields, we're going to uh, put money into the infrastructure of the stadium, we're going to build a uh, fucking... I don't know, a new pool for, for the community. Because at the end of the day, when you pay a membership, you don't pay a membership to just be a season ticket holder to get a seat in the stadium, but you pay a membership to to go to the camping grounds that the club owns, to go to the you know, to the pool that the club owns, to go to the you know, facilities, you know, they have tennis courts, they have uh you know, whatever you can think of that a club may have like an association you know think of think think of a country club type thing that's what your membership pays right obviously most people that are socios that are you know member membership holders membership car holders or whatever they do it for the soccer team which is the most popular sport in argentina you know boca even has a uh you know obviously a women's soccer team but they also have a, a professional basketball team a volleyball team and you know other different sports that they do and you know obviously you can go to those other events and you can go watch them as a socio but the team that you would the usual thing that you would use your your card for is to go and attend soccer games and i honestly boca for example have so many socios that nowadays for you to be able to go to a match or purchase a ticket is for you to have your your kind of your id number in a way so like whenever you become a socio you get your own id number and you use that id number to purchase tickets because there's so many people that are socios that they don't let just anyone buy tickets you have to be a socio which it's kind of cool right but obviously smaller clubs or smaller you know entities and associations have obviously smaller numbers and if i'm not mistaken independiente 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 what, what the fuck am i saying uh numero de socios de independiente oh, i can't spell independ oh my god independiente i can't read bro independiente en menos de un mes, 12.300 personas engendraron el registro de alrededor para tener la victoria de Docta para alcanzar un total de 115.000, de los cuales 85.000 son socios activos. So there we go. So Independiente de Avellaneda has actually 115.000 socios and 85.000 socios are active socios. So people that actually go and go to different functions and stuff like that. So just think about you know, a hundred thousand people that are fans of this club in the whole country, 
And these people have raised $20 million to pay off the debt of the club. And the reason they need to pay off the debt is because other teams, like, for example, America from uh, Mexico, who they owe money to, if I'm not mistaken, they owe them like seven or a million dollars for a transfer fee. Uh, they are calling, you know, FIFA to, to get Independiente to be relegated because of their debt, basically, right? So they, you know, since all these clubs are putting pressure on FIFA to get this club relegated, you know, this kid was like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll do this. You know, everybody chips in money and let's save our club. So my question to you guys, I guess, would be, and we're, we're going to make it a Twitter poll and an Instagram poll, is how much how much are you willing to pay for your club? You know, if you, let's just say, you know, I guess we can talk about Houston since we're the Dynamo. Let's just say the Dynamo is going under and they need $20 million to kind of, you know, stay afloat for 10 more years, let's just say, right? Let's just say we can raise $20 million and we can bring our club back to kind of like you know back to floating for 10 years first of all i don't know the numbers of how many season ticket holders they have um season ticket holders for mls let's just do dynamo let's see let's see if google has that information no i don't think they do and honestly i don't even think the dynamo would uh would <laughs> would give me that information but let's let's just think let's just say that you know i don't i don't even know how many because like how many people fit in the stadium about twenty two thousand people let's do some math let's just say 20 let's just say we have thirty thousand season ticket holders and we have to divide 20 million dollars bro that's so much money and 30,000 people that would be each person would have to give $666 with 66 cents that, that's a sign of the devil um but imagine you had to give a thousand dollars so a thousand let's just round it up to a thousand bucks would you would you be willing to give one thousand dollars to houston dynamo to save the dynamo for 10 more years or would you be like you know what fuck it <laughs> in this economy I can't do it. I mean, to be honest with you guys, the economy in Argentina is trash. I mean, is beyond trash. But these motherfuckers were able to find a way to get $20 million to pay off. And I think, I mean, by the time this comes out, to be honest, they probably erased it all. So it just, I just think it's insane, honestly. I mean, that's, that's something, that's why I wanted to talk about because it just blows my mind that poor people can love something so much that they are willing to give anything and everything that they have i mean they were saying that kids were selling their their stuff to like be able to chip in money you know because you know if you're if you're a child and you don't have anything you know what are, what are you gonna sell you know people were you know kids were selling their soccer cleats there there's you know something that they like you know be like hey i'll sell my shirt for two dollars for 20 bucks and those 20 bucks are going to independiente and you know how how much can somebody you know do for their club and and it's you know obviously we're talking about something completely different obviously the passion and 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 the way that people live and feel soccer in argentina is completely different to what they do in the u.s 
And obviously, yeah, I always talk about this shit, and and I feel like it gets very com- not competitive, repetitive, and kind of annoying in a way, right? Um, because obviously, I'm just another arrogant Argentinian, and you know, I say what I say. But I just think it's cool that some people are willing to go that extra mile. I mean, maybe it's cool because I, we as Argentinians, we romanticize soccer. And we romanticize like your, you know, the colors. We romanticize the badge. We romanticize like having a flag. We romanticize, you know, anything and everything that has to do with this. I romanticize goals, to be honest. I romanticize, you know, nutmegs. Uh, we romanticize every little thing that it has to do with the sport. And and I guess another question would be, is are Argentinians fucking stupid? <laughs> you know, not stupid in the sense that are stupid, in the sense that they're stupid. My wife is saying yes, we're stupid, but not in the sense that we're like, not just stupid, but like, are we a little bit too extra when it comes to soccer? You know, obviously as an Argentinian, I don't think I can answer that question because sometimes I think I'm extra, and I think my wife could probably say that I'm extra. You know, because of the way that I that I say things or I live things or the way that I watch games and even like my Twitter fights with some people and and I've gotten I think I gotten better at not fighting as much on Twitter but I used to like go off on Twitter you know against people talking shit about the dynamo and you know talking about this talking about that it's just that you know I just hate it you know like I, I live it I romanticize it and it's weird that I've grown to romanticize the Houston dynamo in my life but it is what it is. But this shit has been going too long. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate, you know, the likes and subscribes. Don't forget, follow everything. Um, I guess I'm going to say this, but hopefully it doesn't take forever. But I'm going to start on a new project in this month of May. Um, something that I've been wanting to do forever that I've said it a million times that I was going to do. But hopefully now with the beginning of a new month. I'll be able to put in, you know, some work. You know, I've been doing month challenges that I did uh, October, November, December, and i kind of fallen off the wheel. But now that I've gotten some consistency in this whole podcasting thing since the beginning of the year, I mean, we've been going four months strong, you know, not missing a week almost. So I think it's really cool. I mean, this is the episode 111. So, you know, from episode 100 to 111, we've been constant and we've been doing a bunch of other other stuff on the side. So uh, if if everything goes well, hopefully in a month, uh, we'll have a couple of episodes of something really special that I've been working that I will be working on. And hopefully you guys can enjoy that as well. So without further ado, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And hopefully you guys can uh, watch a bunch of soccer. Let me know why you're watching. Uh, you know, let me know on Twitter and hopefully you guys can answer those Twitter polls too. And let me know, are Argentinians fucking crazy? Are we though? All right. Good night. But yeah, we are Argentinians and we are uh, world champions, by the way, just in case you forgot. Bye-bye.